Bo was a force of nature. I remember the first week we got him coming in from baseball and it was, I forget it was the end of September, early October. And during offensive period, I'd sit on my helmet behind the huddle and they'd break the huddle. They pitch him the ball. I had never heard or seen anything move that fast, that big, that low to the ground people would actually gasp in the stadium. You could hear an audible gasp in the stadium. Happy Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Um, family, football, all that good stuff, all those associations. I'm looking forward to it. So I wanted to get my uh, my work done for the week. Uh, little layout of what you got going here as a green light listener today. As you can see, we've got Howie Long, my dad, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and Kyle Long, my brother, former Bear great. Uh, recently retired going to join me for a mailbag in fact they did last night as as uh as i'm doing this open uh, i can tell you it was fun i can tell you my dad has some great stories uh i could probably just have him tell stories for an entire pod but it was fun to have them both on um kind of sifting through this mailbag and you guys had some great questions so to stick with the family and football theme uh without further ado let me get to dad and Kyle, and I hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for um, having people that listen to this pod, purely and simply, because uh, I was just talking to somebody about this. Some days I really, well, most days I don't feel like doing it. I just don't like talking uh, and being self-important and having things to say and expecting people to listen to them. It's one of my biggest insecurities about podcasting. I know it's hard for you guys to tell when you listen to the finished product, but um, there are a lot of days I just don't feel like doing it, but it does give me some motivation that there are people that like the pod that listen to the pod and that, uh, you know, that seek me out on social, tell me how much they enjoy it and they appreciate it. So thank you guys. You guys are why we do it. Um, I hope you guys have a great safe Thanksgiving and, uh, whenever you get a chance, if you're traveling to see somebody safely, uh, via motor vehicle and you want to pop the pot on great. If you're a dad escaping to the side porch for an hour and you want to hear a couple guys talking about football, um, or you're just going to say, Hey honey, I got to go listen to a football podcast to take a break from the in-laws. Those are all acceptable, uh, ways to consume this pod. And, uh, again, hope you guys have a great day. Catch you on Friday with uh, Stanford Steve. We're just going to run down the Sunday slate of games. Uh, Macon and I are going to do a Thursday night time machine. He's going to give me an opportunity to get back in it by picking all three Thanksgiving games. And again, to remind people, the, the loser of that competition has to stay in a Waffle House for 24 hours. That's probably going to be me, man. I've really got off to a really bad start. Let's just say that on Thursday night. Not real good at these Thursday night games. <laughs> Uh, so Megan's going to let me pick three Thanksgiving games to try to get back into it. The tally is currently like 
currently like six to one. So mathematically, I'm all but out of it. We'll see if I can get a, a miracle this Thursday. You'll hear about how that went uh, on Friday on the pod. And also Stanford, Steve and I will pick Sunday's slate. Maybe with a little twist on it. We'll see. But stick around for, for dad and Kyle and catch you on Friday. Tis the season for giving and to celebrate the start of the most joyous time of year, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players the opportunity to cash in on a no-brainer this Thanksgiving. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh score a touchdown in Thursday night's game. All it takes for you to double your money is one touchdown. On top of that great offer, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore score a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right. All it takes is one touchdown, and you double your money when you use promo code GREENLIGHT during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Kyle and Dad are here. We got the the boys together. Um, Kyle, quick update. We were just talking offline. Uh, you did not know that you almost beat me in fantasy football. You thought you'd lost, but you had three Rams going last night, including Cooper Cup, and you came up just short. I remember making that decision with uh, Macon and I talking pre-show last time we spoke, and I'm glad. I mean, it didn't pay off all the way, but I look a little bit smarter now. Yeah, well, the only thing that doesn't look real smart is you left uh, Tyler Lockett on the bench. And he had a Q by his name, and that's the scarlet letter in fantasy, okay, Chris. Kyle, well, questionable. Take, take it for a four and six team. Maybe I know what I'm talking about. You know, like, he didn't look so questionable last week. You're looking up at me in the standings, buddy. You might be on that billboard, Dad. What do you think hmm. about Kyle being on a billboard if he loses? Fan? Do you know that? Do you know the the story behind this? <laughs> I heard something about it. Um, so whoever loses has to be on a billboard in town and what, what's on the billboard, their face and what I was thinking like maybe naked loot. No, I've had worse <laughs> things on the internet. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just wanted to no. see your reaction. <laughs> no. like the, you took me seriously. Uh, Lose, maybe loser or, you know. <laughs> no, here's what it's going to be, Dad. It's going to be like a Marks and Harrison ad. You know, like those like kind of <laughs> mid-budget lawyer billboards that it's like yeah. call 555-555. It's going to be Kyle in a suit with a grayscale background, and it's going to say worse. Don't call this guy for, for fantasy advice. advice. Fantasy advice. Fantasy you just yeah. wrote, you wrote the ad, Dad. Yeah. That's why you're here. Yeah. That's yeah. why you're here. Um, I like that. I like that. So you know we're doing a mailbag. This was uh, fan submissions. They were very excited that we were getting together and talk a little Thanksgiving, talk a little football, talk a little whatever else uh, Greenlight listeners want to hear. Um, and we'll save the really raunchy, hard-hitting stuff for another pod because my dad, who is pure of heart, is on the podcast, and I'm not going to make him say anything bad. Um, dad, the first question that I had multiple submissions on was, who's your favorite kid? Ha! Um, it's a tie. Oh, Luke and Waylon, <laughs> the grandkids. What well, he just he just claimed your kids as his own. By the way, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he said those are my sons. Those are my sons. That's... I got to tell you, when you walk through the door, and uh, 
they just run at you and they're so thrilled to see you and they give you the biggest hug. It's, it's everything and more that people have talked about. Take notes, Kyle. This is how we win his love back. We run mm. full speed at him and give him a hug when we see him. Huh. Big, big hug guy. We don't have favorites. So when I say football and Thanksgiving, what do you guys think of first? What day are we celebrating it on? Right, that's the big thing. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I mean, for forty years, I've worked on Thanksgiving. This will be fortieth Thanksgiving. We're we're going to do Thanksgiving on Friday. Uh, doing Thanksgiving, flying home. Chances are you're going to do the dinner around nine o'clock, nine thirty. That's you know, Thanksgiving to me is a mid afternoon and. I think the one thing we discover being in the profession we're in, whether it's Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving, uh, you know, it, it's more about you and your family and the people you love and less about the calendar day. Um, you know, how he's going to drive in on Thanksgiving morning. I go to work tomorrow night in L.A., fly home right after the middle game and be home by eight o'clock and we'll have uh probably early afternoon dinner on fr on friday and you know how mom does it. mom's cooks for like three days uh it's go 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 yeah but it like grow down. but growing up but growing up we had thanksgiving on different days and christmas on different days which is not anything to complain about we had it really good but you get good at hitting the curveball <clears> with holiday i think about the back of uh our property in virginia yeah when we, there's two thanksgivings you know there's two ways to think about thanksgiving now and then then so when we were younger we weren't doing anything on thanksgiving and dad was working we would watch football and we would watch dad in the morning then we'd go play football in our own turkey bowl in the back uh yeah in the field, field and there, that yeah. was always a blast man that was so much fun you know it's so yeah, funny that, it's so funny to think about now trying to play a pickup football game how hard it would be to do that and when you're yeah. a kid you just roll out jeff haas was a great yeah. receiver and yep. like he yep. played defense he was like john lynch out there flying around philip yep. haas catching the wide receiver bubble screen yeah ben was back there so we had we had a good little crew there but it's just funny to think like for you to play pickup anything at this point i need to stretch for a while i need to get in a hot tub I need to get ready. Like back in the day, we used yeah, to just like, roll yo, out and do oh, it. Oh, you, oh, you want to fight? Just give me, <laughs> give me five ten minutes. minutes. I need ten. I, I need to stretch out. I guess for me, the way, like, if I'm thinking about pro football, if I'm thinking about like being a kid and like watching ball on TV, I'm thinking about Barry Sanders. That's it. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Barry Sanders. I don't know there were other or teams that played on Emmett Thanksgiving. Emmett Smith played a lot on Thanksgiving, but I just was cued in yeah. on Barry and Dad. You know, he was like my favorite back. So, and he got you know, Pops got me a, a autographed jersey, which was really cool. And, no, no, uh, he actually he actually handed it to you, and you didn't even know who he was at the well, time. Because how old was I? You were like eight. No, I wasn't eight at that point. Yeah, I think so. Maybe seven. No, it was my we, last. It was my last Pro Bowl. Your last Pro Bowl was 1993. Yeah. Yeah, I was eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't make a big deal about it. You had Bo, Bo Jackson in the house. You had... You know, but there, were, but there were players, when you're out on the field, this was after the game, there are players who, you know, they're walking by one at a time. And, you know, it was a different time when, you know, you if he had put his jersey on and his helmet on, you'd know what Barry Sanders looked like. But mm -hmm. at that time we weren't taking the helmet off the players and, and the way they are now in our league and, and using them as, you know, advertisement. And 
a lot of uh i think a lot it's like pre-mtv who knew what the musicians looked like well right. before the nfl did a, did a better job of publicizing their players barry was the best i ever played against yeah um i heard you say that before you know who else i think about is uh is obviously pat summerall and john madden i mean like and the turkey that you would never eat today period not even in covid times like you would even if it was like we we get over this thing and they had a turkey out on the field like nobody's eating a turkey that's just been sitting out on the field ever again i mean we ate a turkey on the field at green bay at lambeau and did you 20, get to eat the turkey in 2015 or 2014 yeah dude it was that's like out we, now, bro that's 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 out bro it was big. It was big. I mean, big ass turkey. First off, big ass win. I think it was uh, 2015. Jay Cutler had a good game. Forte. Everybody was balling that night. And I think it was the. Uh, no, that wasn't the night they retired Brett Favre's jersey. But it was Thanksgiving. We won at Lambeau. That was a great. That was a great time. Dad, did you play in any big holiday games, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, that you remember? The only the only holiday game I ever played in was uh, I was at Villanova, and I had played high school football with a guy named Joe Rustic, who ended up going on to Notre Dame. Right, he was a couple of years ahead of me, older than I was. And not knowing a lot about football at the time, not having played as a young kid, um, had the opportunity through his dad, who was then the coach of Harvard, and he's been the head coach at Harvard for 20, 22 years. Player gets dinged early, uh, either before Monday or on Monday. And he's part of the selection committee and, uh, wouldn't it be nice to bring a small school guy down? And, you know, so I get down and play in Alabama in the blue gray all-star game. And ironically enough, Jimmy Johnson's the head coach of our team. Uh, and he brought in Dexter Manley. He was at Oklahoma state and, uh, won the MVP and came home. And it really was kind of a, a life changing, uh, it changed the trajectory of what was, what would be going on from that point on. Right. How did you go about winning the MVP in that game? What were some things yeah, well, you, you remember do about? How do you do that? Uh, blocked a punt, I think had a sack. Um, yeah, dynamic. Had some tackles. I, I don't know. You know, and Jimmy swears that the blocking the punt was illegal. There was some, you know, <laughs> and I said, well, you've never done anything illegal. <laughs> and then we stopped talking about it. It's a good retort. Uh, um yeah. Where does Thanksgiving rank on the holiday index? <clears throat> I like Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know I really do. I, I like Thanksgiving. I always have. Um, I think the older people get, the more you know, you're you're going off with your own families and and doing all that. But you know, it'll be a real treat for us to have Howie here on Friday and uh, get the opportunity to have a great Thanksgiving dinner with him, but I've always liked it. Uh, I'm not a new year's guy. Uh, I don't want to be reminded that, you know, we're a year older and you know, the year's now gone and making all kinds of I think proclamations. You just like drunk people. No, I don't. I, I'm not big. I'm not good in a big drunk crowd. I'm not good in a bar. Uh, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Kyle, yeah. Thanksgiving, best holiday, I've, top three. 
I think Christmas, there's a lot of obligatory, like, charm, like, you know, Christmas spirit. And people are kind of, it would be, it would quite literally be sacrilegious to have anything bad to say about Christmas. But I really enjoy Thanksgiving because there's a lot of neutrality. It's just like people hanging out, great food, football's on. It's not too fucking cold. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to put up decorations. We just have to cook a little bit. Well, that's the thing. Like, pumpkins. When you're, a yeah, de- I mean, you could do yeah. carryover decorations from Halloween. Just take the scary shit down, you're leave like, the pumpkins no, that's out. A, that's a squash. That's not a pumpkin. It's, it's this a, is a squash. A big, fat squash. I. The thing you learn about Thanksgiving is, for one, like whether mostly for Thanksgiving, like because of football and the holidays, like I never really, it never meant as much to me as a player, you know. And now that I'm retired, albeit one of these Thanksgivings is in the middle of a pandemic, I have noticed how awesome not only the fall is, but Thanksgiving as well. And I would put it actually probably right now at number one. And I'm not being like reactionary. I'm not mad at that. I'm probably putting it number one because to your point, Kyle, and especially when you have kids, like Thanksgiving is is kind of a dude's holiday. And I'm treading carefully here, but like... You know, Thanksgiving is like the one day that nobody looks at you sideways if you just passed out on the couch at 6 p.m. <laughs> you know, like that's like what's expected of you. You know, that that's the play that you expect out of a 35-year-old dude on, on Thanksgiving. Now, Christmas, you got to be up late. You got to be wrapping presents. Yeah. You got to be up early. Like, or, or, or putting together, God forbid, some kind of a, a mechanical yes. bicycle that I have, is impossible I, to put together. And that's not really your strong suit, Ted. Well, I, I did it, and it, was, it took a long time. Because <laughs> I can't do it. We're not handy. Um, uh, my, Chris, my favorite holiday, Super Bowl Sunday. Ooh, I hate Super Bowl Sunday. I'd rather... You know what day I like? It's my favorite. It marks the start of vacation. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. You know what? That, but, but for, that last you know what? whistle. For us, it was it was well before that for most of our careers. So Go back to John Madden for no, a second. No, I want to go back to – oh, you want to go back to John Madden. John, John Madden changed everything in broadcasting, and one of the things that he changed was Thanksgiving Day yeah. football and the traducan, so and it had eight, nine legs, and <laughs> – you know how they got that i don't know and he basically uh, changed evolution uh, here's a guy no he really did he changed the way broadcasters did games it was like look at the belly on that guy boom you know it's it's it's, you know just just you know just noise and and i think people have tried to you know emulate that over the years more and more and uh, you, you know, probably Tony Romo comes the closest in terms of just having fun and tossing things around. But John changed broadcasting forever. And when when he was first making his decision to retire and go into broadcasting, I think in his first meeting, he had a, like a stain of some gravy on his shirt. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the first guy he asked, and I know this for a fact, the first guy he asked to handle his stuff for him, you know, looked at him and said, I, you know, John, I love you, but you know, who's going to hire you with like stains on your shirt. And right. you know, it, it turns out right. the stains on the shirt and the reel and the, you know, boom and bang. And mm-hmm. look at the fat guy. You need fat guys. You need mm-hmm. big guys. You need, you need to do this. And, and John changed everything. You need really fat good. guys. You yeah, can put that on a t-shirt. You need fat guys. Need fat guys. <laughs> that core group of teams that played on Thanksgiving, you know, the AstroTurf, 
uh, the yeah. players that we talked about and those two guys that really they really did define it. Hey, uh, who would be a teammate? This was a mailbag submission for us. Give me a teammate that would be good. That would be the good and fun version of the drunk uncle on Thanksgiving. Jared oh, Allen. <clears throat> Jared Allen. Uh, Kyle. Without a without a doubt, the the I good the fun good. the fun drunk uncle. Yes, like yeah. Jared Allen would show up with an elk over his shoulder and a six pack yeah. of Tall Boys and be like, "Get the rest of the beer out of the truck. Yeah. I got to skin this elk yeah. here real quick." Yeah, like, well, I've, I've got I've got two. I've got a I've got a football teammate and I've got a TV teammate. I've got one is is Bill Pakel, without a doubt. Bill Pakel is the best at a function at a party he's the life of the party and he's the guy that's off you know doing the uncle buck stuff that you're not supposed to do on the side and uncle terry terry is uh yeah that would be you bring terry to any party any function any holiday celebration and it will be the most unique celebration you've ever had is he is he booking those Will he like come to your He's holiday available. party in 2021 when this thing gets? I think he does up? that. I think he does that telephone thing where he calls people and you know, hey, this is Terry Bradshaw. Happy birthday! Mm-hmm. Is it like cameo? <laughs> it's it's yeah, cameo. I think that's it's it. Cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Martellus, Martellus Bennett, one B for me. The most entertaining person I've very, ever been around. Very, most very. most large lithium ion battery inside of his heart. He can just have yeah. energy for days. I'm gonna go. So I had I played with a guy who now entertains on Ellen, John Dorenboss. He's a fucking magician who doesn't want Incredible. a magician. Oh. Who doesn't want a magician on yet? Was holidays. he a kicker? No, he was a he was a, he's he was a long a snapper. Snapper, snapper. Yeah. Super Bowl year, Super Bowl year, and yeah. he had a he had a heart condition. Now you gonna feel bad, Dad? He had a heart condition, so he got um he couldn't. He's play, incredible. He, he couldn't play anymore. Um, but he's this Philly icon. He's just like I, I've seen him embedded in this but his magic is really good so that'd be good to have him at the holidays uh but they still no get he still they, they for the record for the people listening he got a ring too that year and he definitely deserved that that was awesome and then last, magic is yeah, great and not then, really good his magic is like it's not like you know fuck around magic this is some real. would say the be- some some this of is the, the kind of magic that makes me question if magic is actually real and, and yeah but i'm gonna go the nice slam dunk answer is lane johnson my kids Oof. love Lane Johnson. They just stare at him. They just, they just <laughs> like Waylon is just in awe. Like, when is Lane coming over? When is Lane coming over? Like, Lane came over for like two days and left. He slept on the couch, didn't even use the guest room, just slept on the couch with no blanket, was up at like six in the morning and just he's disappeared. Unbelievable. And, and then, he's, and then he's, wh- got that big, he's got that big old voice. You know, that's what it is. Well, yeah, it's that well, accent, uh, yeah. well Chris, <laughs> it's the Texas thing. He's like Steve Austin. He's the Texas rattlesnake. Hey, Waylon, come over that here. That guy's going to be a good wrestler when he gets done. WWE is going to give he, him whatever he, he would wants. be tremendous. He would Vince be awesome. McMahon should be knocking on his door. All right, this is this, this is a fun one, Dad. This was a submission. This is specifically for you, Pops. Do you believe in aliens? And if so, are they Mars Attack style aliens or the movie Alien, Sigourney Weaver style aliens? Hmm. <laughs> so I think what the, this gentleman is intimating is that he'd like to know what you think aliens are shaped like and what they look like as well, if you believe in them. You know, you have to think in this big universe that there's other life forms. You know, you just have to think. And there's been too many sightings, particularly over 
Roswell and New Mexico and Montana and, you know, the Western part of the country. Yeah, I think so. Uh, do I know what they look like? No. I mean, I've, I've seen multiple movies and what the depiction might be. So I, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like if they've been around this long and they've let us go, they're not going to uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to kill us. Yeah, now. they're probably friendly. Because if yeah. they came this far, I always say, if they came this far, you know, what is do they, war what the do world? They, what, like do they, Tom what do they Cruise? need? What do they need from us if they came this far already? If they've already been here, there's nothing. Something with the planet. Something with the planet. I don't think they need it. I think if they can get this, you far, don't know. They, they can get to other Earth-like planets. That's good though. That Dad, you, I was going to be really upset if. Uh, if you didn't believe in aliens. <laughs> we could talk about this for an hour, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah, keep... <laughs> Kyle and I did a pod on worst fears, uh, <laughs> dad, for Halloween. That was just all over the place. <laughs> hey, dad, what are you afraid of? What are your worst fears? And it, you know, like obviously, just like it's got to be an object. It can't be like, oh, failure. Like, you can't cop out. Uh, no, no. My, my worst fears are, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it's a childhood thing. <clears throat> when you grow up in the kind of neighborhood I grew up in, you have sores at the bottom of the street and you're playing in the street, the ball goes down the sore, you know, it kind of a rotating kind of deal where, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, Bobby, you're up. It's, we got to lower you down by your feet to get the ball. Cause we have one ball, it's, you know, it's a different environment. Your kids will go home and say, pop the ball went down the store, get us another one. Yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't the way it was. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of rats. I don't, I'm really not a big fan of snakes. Uh, it's one of the big reasons why I love flathead Lake, uh, because there's nothing in the water that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, and you know, on a more serious note, just the phone ringing at midnight. Yeah. That's, that's not a good thing when the phone rings at midnight. I got to turn it off and be like, figure that shit out, kids. Right. Airplane, airplane mode. <laughs> Kyle, it's, we, what do we say? Heights? Yeah. Kyle doesn't like heights, which was shocking. because I got so in a tall. church in Italy <laughs> and was up in the dome and didn't know I, you know, it, it would impact me and I couldn't get out of that place. I'd have fought my way through the hallway to get out of there. You're like <laughs> sliding down the stairs on your ass. That's when you know you're yes. really afraid of heights. <laughs> That's Jason Bourne. You just sit down. Um, okay, this is a good. Somebody asked, worst fight you saw between brothers. That's from Beal. And I know Kyle and Howie had some good knockdown drag outs back in the day. Never. Yeah, that. <clears throat> yeah and Howie, as you could imagine, I mean, in this corner, Six at that time, younger, six, three, two, ten, the champ. And uh, in this corner, five foot eight, 140 pounds. And he always had stuff behind the door. We talked about that. Pockets. It was a picture frame. It was something, (laughs) you know. I've I've got scars all over my body from Howie. Yeah, I can't. I actually, I can't really blame him. I mean, foreign objects like Tortanaka. Dad, favorite Charlestown memory, and if it's not the story about the car, I want to hear the story about the car, if you could. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could tell you that story. My favorite story about Charlestown. I'll give you two. I'll give you a feel-good story, and I'll give you probably a surprising story. One would be 
We played hockey, baseball, basketball, football every day on a dead end street in the shadows of the L train going by every single day. Never played organized sports growing up as a kid, but as soon as the street lights went on, that was that was the cue to go in the house. Uh, everything was settled right there on the street. You know, there were no coaches, there were no parents. And it's amazing how much fun and how good things were at that time. And, and, and it's really where you learned, or at least I did, learn to be somewhat competitive and, you know, get a little bit tougher. Um, we came back, your mom and I came back after my rookie year. We had a used Coupe de Ville. I made 38 grand my rookie year, and I bought a used Coupe de Ville for like $8,500. And while I was in camp, it got stolen from mom. She was down at the beach in California and she called me crying. And I, I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, that's great because we can claim this on insurance. And she didn't get the, the whole kind of <laughs> po positive in that. <clears throat> so she wanted to get a Saab turbo. So we got a Saab turbo. It was registered with Pennsylvania plates. Uh, drove back up to Villanova to spend some time and went up to see my grandmother. Uh, we lived in the same, she lived in the same row home that I grew up in and went up to the second story and parked the car outside and grandma pulled out the pullout sofa and we sat and uh, sat around for a while and went to sleep and <clears throat> woke up the next morning and went down and the car had been broken into and everything in the car was gone. Radio, money, clothes, anything that was in the car was gone. And I walked down to Eden Street Park and looked up Johnny McNeil, an old friend of mine, and asked Johnny, I said, look, here's what happened. Do me a favor, look into this. And, you know, if you can find something out, let me know. So I'll go back home and getting ready to have dinner, doorbell rings, go down the stairs uh, because the first floor unit was somebody else was living in that. And my grandmother was on second, third level, come down and open up the door. And there's a grocery bag outside the front door. It has every single thing down to the gum, you know, the stereo, the chewing gum, the shirt that was in the car, everything that was in the car is in the bag with a note that said, look, the next time you're in town without a state plates, let us know. <laughs> That's so nice of them. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that problem in the neighborhood you had us living in growing up. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, it was a different neighborhood. Dad, here's one. Uh, and you can't be political here. Bo Jackson or Marcus Allen in their prime? This one is a complicated one because Marcus, in my mind, was the most complete football player I ever played with. Wow. There wasn't anything he couldn't do. Blitz pick up, run, catch. He could throw it because he was a quarterback down in San Diego in high school, and he did make a number of throws throughout the course of his career. Tough. I mean, when I tell you tough, you, 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 he's a guy that you just – couldn't couldn't get the stop. Mm -hmm. Bo was a force of nature. Uh, I remember the first week we 
got him coming in from baseball. And it was, I forget, it was the end of September, early October. And during offensive period, I'd sit on my helmet behind the, behind the huddle and they'd break the huddle. They pitch him the ball. I had never heard or seen anything move that fast, that big, that low to the ground. People would actually gasp in the stadium. You could hear an audible gasp in the stadium. If he would run, we would run him on a one-man reverse where we'd pitch him the ball to the right. He'd come to a dead stop and go right back here. And you hope that backside tackle kind of cuts off, then peels back and can get one block. And Bo wasn't looking to run around people. Bo was trucking people. Um, so he's the most physically gifted athlete I've ever been around. And Marcus was probably the best football player I've ever been around. Do you think the boss got the raw, uh, end of the deal? Cause it was at the goal line. Yeah. I don't think it was as bad as it they, wasn't as bad. They make it all out to be, uh, it's also you know, Bo Jackson. It's kind of like when somebody gets stiff armed by Derrick Henry, I'm like, okay. I mean, it, it, was amazing. Even, it was amazing, but it's not. It's not necessarily a masculine. Tom Brady juked Brian Erlacher. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. Don't right. make that no. be a damning thing, all-encompassing thing on. Well, no, know. I think that is damning. If you get, you know, the irony of it is, you, you, everyone knows, everyone knows the famous run up in Seattle where right. Bo, you know, pitch left, right up the sideline, outruns people with angles, goes right up into the tunnel, runs out of the stadium. Up into the tunnel. Yeah. You knew who the fullback on that play was? Marcus Allen. Yep. That says a lot about Marcus Allen. Damn. Worst trouble Kyle and I got into. Oh. And like, what did uh, you do? Like, what did you ground? I know you ground. I know you grounded me a few times. Yeah. I remember <laughs> one for sure. Yeah. I mean, there were the Swisher Sweets. There were Ooh, uh, Swisher Sweets. <laughs> some. Uh, <laughs> Jackson beverages. Yeah. It was like every we were, baseball trip. I just found a way. Well, spring break, up. spring break coincided with mom's birthday, oddly enough. <clears throat> so on her That's birthday, odd. we're down in, and there's a really great connection here yeah. because we're down at the Cayman islands in the building where Tom Cruise stayed in the John Grisham book. Whoa. Yes. All right. Well, having that. a great, having a great time with it was beautiful. And, it was beautiful. And, and I had to break to the kids. I had to wake all the kids up at like one in the morning. Hey, you guys start packing your stuff up. Chris got popped outside of a seven 11 and uh, they're sending him home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing that people don't understand, which makes the punchline better is that John Grisham was basically our baseball coach. Yes. So, <laughs> Hey. Yes, and I got the who who do I who do I get the call from? And he has such a distinctive voice and accent. Oh, like an Alan. audio book of telling you your kid sucks. Yes, yes. Like an audio yes. book. <laughs> yes. No, listen, I mean what happened that night was I was pretty young and I decided I wanted to smoke some Swisher sweets. Just the Swisher sweets, like a cigar. Nothing in it? Nothing in it, Kyle. I'm fourteen. No. I'm fourteen or fifteen. No. So uh, I tried to use somebody's ID to buy them in a, a 7-Eleven in Jacksonville, Florida. I would love to, if they could do an E60 on me <clears throat> returning to that 7-Eleven. I think it would be very moving. 
you know, like a letter to myself. I go back to the place that it all went wrong. I walked Hello, in. Hello, do you remember yeah. me? They're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, the problem was the woman had had enough. I guess I was probably the 15th kid, that being a spring break spot, that was trying to Damn. do something bad. There was a cop that pulled in right there uh, in the parking lot, and she said, you're, you're not going anywhere. Mr. Officer, come in here. So... But then there was another, then there was another trip when you were, you were gone on a trip for, uh, Grisham's park, Atlanta, and you got a couple of pops and, uh, decided you were going to smart move. Let's call the young assistant coach on the phone, on the hotel phone with me and Steve Wickline. Uh, And then again, I get, hold on. Then I get Howie. Howie, uh, your boy did it again. We're going to be sending Chris home uh, <laughs> early. <laughs> and, uh, if somebody could be there when he gets off the bus or oh. somebody going to drive him up there. <clears throat> so they drove you by yourself, Chris? No, they, they took me back on the bus with everybody else. But I think it was just to warn dad that that had happened. And that was a long yeah. bus ride yeah. home. Did Kyle ever get in trouble, dad? Not yes. Really. Not, not really. you know, not not really in trouble. I mean, him and Howie took the. We had those big, huge uh, fire extinguishers in the basement at Bloomfield. Yeah, and they took your snuggles for some reason. You had a snuggles. Yeah. Doll. Yeah. Well, that that uh, sounds yeah, really fucking soft. So why don't you expound? That you slept with, or yeah, you it was know, like my some, stuffed I, animal. I, yeah, it was just a teddy yeah. bear named Mr. Snuggles. So and Howie and I his stole name was it. Not Mr. Snuggles. Hold on. What the fuck was his name? You don't know his name. No, but he was the he was the bear from the Downey commercials. The Downey yeah, bear, Snuggles. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle and Howie took it down in the basement and torched it with <laughs> these thirty-year-old fire fire extinguishers that are like this big. Maybe they're, forty years old. They're 50. to code. They're to code for university size. Yeah, yeah. No, that was one. Then they stole. The fire department showed up. Kyle, I think this was a. I I tend to think that Howie somehow was involved in this, but Kyle took the rap on this one. I think you had a piggy bank up in your room that you had saved up a bunch of money in, and Kyle took it, hid it down in the basement in that closet. That's. Yeah. Just outside that extra room. I don't know if it was Howie's fault. I'll take 50 of the blame because I just don't have the memory of it. But I do remember. One thing you missed about football. This is from Kurt Boogie. The camaraderie, uh, the grays, the gray shorts. Oh, I got a bunch of those. Gray t-shirts. Yeah, I know you stole some of mine. Mm, Um, and, And when you're at a big game. You know, if you're at a big game like an NFC championship game or a Super Bowl and, you know, it's it's that final drive or the end of the half or it's a key situation, you know, you you kind of talk yourself into thinking that, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I might be able to play two plays here. You really do. No, I mean early on in the first I, I've been retired now for twenty seven years. Yeah. I think up until when I now Al offered me a contract when I was 40. Right. Uh, he offered me a contract the year I was going in the Hall of Fame. I retired at 34 and w- went into the Hall of Fame in 2000. So right. it was 1994. I retired. 
and I got a call from him over in Hawaii because they had all the, all of the, uh, new inductees were introduced at halftime. Right. And the players on the AFC and the NFC lined the field and you walk through the gauntlet of players and, you know, it was very cool and congratulatory. That's the hall of fame game now. Uh, is it, is it, have they yeah, changed cause we the did it when Ray Lewis got in and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, yeah, that's what the hall of fame. So, game now. so I get back to the hotel and fudgy who used to work at the, I'm not sure if she still works there, but she used to work at the Raiders and she was one of the assistants. And, uh, she said, Mr. Davis would like to speak to you today around five o'clock. Is that good? So I sat there and waited five, five, 10, five, 15 phone rings. And you know, how congratulations. You were one of the greats, dominant, dominant player, disruptive, you know, blah, blah, blah. And says, <clears throat> I know you're in shape. And now I'm saying, what? What's this going on? Well, how does he know I'm in shape? Because at that time I'm playing, I'm playing basketball at the university of Virginia still mm. with Sherman, the group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he said, uh, you know, no hall of fame has ever come back. And he offered me a three year guaranteed deal for twice the money that I was making when I retired. You just didn't feel like it for a, a millisecond. I thought about it. And he said, we'll just bring you in on third down. And I knew that wasn't going to be true. <laughs> and at that point, I was kind of checked out and passed on it. Yeah, but it I was nice to, nice to be asked. I do feel like there is a, you know, obviously being Kyle and I's age, it's like you get around it and you're like, I could probably go. Like it would take me a month, but I could go. But I can start the mental adjustment that starts happening. It's like, I'm not. I'm not that person as much anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. for a year and yep. a half, like I'm kind of on the edge of being that person anymore. You know what I mean? Where you, yep. you could mentally just, I think sometimes you, you watch it and it's easy to, as a competitor, be like, I couldn't, I can make that play. I can make that play. That's what you're trained to think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if you think any other way, <clears throat> you don't last. So I think, you know, you almost trick yourself and there's a reason you know, there's a bunch of young dudes that have been training their asses off since March, you know, to do this. Like, it's pretty interesting that in our minds, you can literally walk along the sideline next to players warming up and being like, I could do that right now. Yeah, but some of them suck and you could do it better <laughs> than some no, of them. No, but it's just the mind, but it's the mindset. That's the, but the reality of it is you, you could be on a team. I could be on a team. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? You, you just, you, 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 you're so mind. we're not completely crazy. There is a grain of truth in no, the, no, we're, in we're, a, you, in the but I think, hole. But, I think we, but I think we also, Kyle should realize that like the minute you turn the switch off, hard to put on it's hard to turn it back on i remember uh, before, and that's the hardest thing i remember right? before i retired dad was like once you cross the rubicon like blah 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 and i was like yeah yeah because i was considering coming back but like it to his point it, it was a really hard mental adjustment to even consider it so like it's just funny that embedded in your dna is like i could just go fucking do that you know, it yeah. looks so well, it looks so easy because you haven't felt it's who it. you are you haven't felt it's who it you are while. you know yeah. that's the difference you know, you could talk all that shit, and then s s Monday morning, 
would be the thing that changes everything. You could survive three Kyle, hours on adrenaline. It's the physical thing we could do, but I don't think you and I would be willing to show up week in, week out, day in, day once out. You, once you've said, like, you're Be told, out. like, you're in meetings until 5.30. It's like, no the fuck, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> yeah. home. Hey, I have, to, <clears throat> I have to pee for 12 hours. I'll be back in the morning. Kyle, it, it yeah. was as, for me, it was as recently as when you were at junior college, and I would come down there to try to help out coaching a little bit. And, and I would do something, you know, and I'd go, yeah, you know, I can yeah. still, li- I can still line up on it's, the nose. It's and- such a ridiculous, right? Cause you're in your forties at that point. Yeah. Or now yeah. you're, you're in your early fifties. He's 50. And I felt like I could still kind of get it. 51. Yeah. But that's the way you're wired. That's what makes, I think, retirement yep. so hard as you just. Yep. Like you just are you you have to or you can't survive. You you have Stay busy. to think. Yeah. Real quick football quality you got from dad. I would say for me, quickness off the ball. Same. Yeah, I don't know, but it's hard to figure out, Kyle, what happened to you. Like as far as the immense amount of strength that got put in your body. Should we tell him now that he's not I don't know. I don't know. That he was a he was in a <laughs> test lab. <laughs> yeah, we no, the- it's like a petri dish boy. Seriously, I think it's the quickness <laughs> off the ball. Like I'm not the strongest guy. I, I don't lift the most weights. But 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 the thing is, strong. I'm telling you, when you when you can come off the ball, like to Chris's point, and catch, you know, catch that right timing. Like Dad used to say, triple seven. Like when you pull the lever at the mm-hmm. casino, triple seven. That's mm-hmm. the same feeling in the run game. If I can get my hat across on mid zone or outside zone, if I can force the, if I can force the uh, cut back where I want it to be, it's all because of quickness off the ball. Let's you know, get- though, I, I actually think the thing that we all had is you know, the ability to, and whether it's at some point during the season or within a football game, when you've got to take it to another level uh, and you're physically maybe not capable of it because of X, Y, or Z, and uh, you just do it um, and you push yourself through it. You either have that or you don't, and you get that honest, as they say down South, you get that you get that from your family. Right. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Dad, because I was thinking about myself historically in the run game, and I, I my efficiency wasn't very good at all. And then I started to think about my past pro, and, and me, you know, the efficiency probably wasn't as good as it's made out to be. But then I think about two-minute drives, and I'm like, I was nails in two-minute and end of game scenarios and stuff like that, because to your point, for whatever reason, you can find a way to do it. And I know Chris was a very clutch player in big games and like end that. Of half, so end get of it game, on us. Yeah. E-O-G-E-O-H. Dad, starting with you, compliment your least favorite O-line to play against. And Kyle, do the same for a D-line. Uh, San Francisco was surgical and, and, that that has many meanings one meaning they're <clears throat> they were surgical in their blocking schemes the west coast offense a lot of high low blocks down blocks whams bills back on linemen and you said high low other, you said high low high low where one one player's holding you yeah. up and another player's taking your knees out this is back before any of that was illegal and, and that's the word surgical that that was well, they're sur- they were. I, I always felt like 
it was a surgical offense. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like you said, it like there was a dual meeting. They were, were they a little yes. dirty? Yes, they were very dirty. Because the high low is uh, out for the people listening. High low is high illegal. low and leg whips. And where leg whips. they would they would go cross body block on a down block. They get their head in on the inside of your knee and then whip their body around and kick you with the back of their legs. Mm. <clears throat> so it was a challenge to deal with that. I always felt like it was it was less about the offensive line and more about the system or the quarterback who's playing behind them. For example, if you're playing John Elway, you can't take the inside. Right. And you can't go too far up the field. Right. So you're essentially just squeezing the pocket the whole day. Mm-hmm. And that tackle can overset you because he knows that if you go inside, John's taking off. He sets up out by the, you know, out by the numbers and throws the ball 75 yards across the field. Right. Um, Dan Marino was totally different where their offensive line knew that if they blocked you for 1.8 seconds, ball's gone. Right. Because Dan was like a ball machine. Right. <laughs> Same thing with Dan Fouts. It was balls out, bang, bang, bang. Uh, Warren Moon, that offense they ran, I forget what they call it, uh, run and shoot or whatever they called it. It, it was really a challenge to, to deal with because you just didn't know how to play it. And, you know, we, we came up with, I think, two or three different game plans and none of them really worked. Kyle, who you got, D-line? Brandon Graham has a nice smile. <laughs> so you hate the Eagles, D-line. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I know you, you. You used to be like, uh, oh, it's Fletcher, Fletcher, it's Fletcher Cox week. too. Fletcher Cox week. Yeah, Fletcher Clock. Fletcher yeah. Cox likes the NHRA series. Oh yeah, he's a racer too. Just like our rod owner. Uh, he's an owner, which is like he's invested into it. I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the Seattle O line. Uh, you got a really good back back there. Congratulations. That would be my compliment to the Tom Cable Seattle O-line. Like, listen, they wow. they ran that sideline to sideline scheme really efficiently and well, but and they would tell you this, they weren't like world beaters as far as pass yeah. protection or even like if you were in a pit drill with one of them, most of them were not going to just overpower you, but they were so in sync and they Yes, were, that's they, a totally different thing. It's surgical. Yeah, they they were so and and it was physical. I'm not saying they weren't physical, but they weren't overpowering. Yes. They were physical like Breno Giacomini who I've mentioned before. Remember that tackle in Seattle? Yeah, I do remember. He wouldn't get off you. He wouldn't stop. Yeah. He his he's like vice grips. He wasn't a great pass protector. In fact, I was glad he was the guy I was playing against every Sunday with Russ because there were going to be plays out there. But in the run game, you can't relax, you know, and dad always used to say, like, shuck, make sure you shuck people and get get blockers off you. That was one yep. guy that was going to peel you over every pile. Um, yep. It would be early in my early career, Chris. Yeah. Packers defense, I would say. Clay Matthews, incredible. Mike Daniels was really good. Early in my career, he was a guy that I can't think of a compliment to. Like, Clay Matthews, great hair, I guess. <laughs> but... They were good. I hated playing them. Best under-the-radar football moment that means a lot. Most of my under-the-radar moments involve you guys. The minute I stopped and the minute you guys started picking it up and, and you know going from one level to the next level to the next level, uh, it was so much more enjoyable for me than it was when I played. And 
you know, people ask what's better, you know, you playing in a Super Bowl or you going to a Pro Bowl or, you know, whatever. Um, it's a hundred times better watching your kids do well. And uh, I know you understand that now, Chris uh, and Kyle, someday, hopefully you will. Um, Kyle. Chris, for me, it's uh, without a doubt the junior college uh, experience in, from a football sense. And I was a backup my first year there as a defensive lineman. Like I remember walking off the field crying when my mom would, my mom flew out to uh, Orange County to come watch the game. I got like three snaps in garbage time at defensive end. I was walking off the field crying. She was like, keep your head up, baby. You're on the team. You have like friends. You're in school you again. <laughs> you, you know, you're in school again. There's a lot of things going on. So <clears throat> football for me, especially the junior college experience. And then the following year playing O-line. Dad came to a game. We were playing Mount Sack, Dad. I had a big matchup. Yep. And it was a tough football team. They beat they beat us. We ended up losing. Uh, and I remember I got beat. I wore out my matchup the whole day. You got beat by a little and guy. Then, and yes, I think in I had the, number 44. In the two-minute drill, they put in a tiny little white guy at defensive end, and he, and he beat me. I got lazy because I was wearing everybody else out. This is their rotational guy. He got a sack. And from then on, two-minute drill, end of game, became like the biggest point of emphasis. But playing well that day at Mount Sack. I thought we were going to have to fight our way out of there. Yeah, it was an intense, uh, an intense family affair out there. Yeah, couple. We hey, we looked at each other. Dad, we were in the parking lot at the end of the game, and Dad was, you know, I just dapped Dad up and gave Mom a hug, and then from across the parking lot, I see the dude that I played against. Him, he's walking over with his family and shit, and I look over at Dad. Dad and I kind of look at each other like, "It's about to go down, son." Because you, in guys, the parking you lot. guys got into it during the game. No, and they were they were they were fine after the game. They were, it was it was a good moment, dude. It was hair pulling, like name calling, everything during the game, and then yeah. we all kind of dapped it up, and it was kind of like a Disney movie in a, in a sense. No, that's nice. That sounds like a good Disney movie. Full circle. I uh, I guess maybe my last game. You know, like that doesn't mean much to anybody, but I wanted to go out playing well, and I felt like I had a really good game in the playoffs. So. Just like to be able to walk off and say, I can still do this. Um, but I didn't know it was going to be my last game. So it was just kind of like one of those things um, that I'm glad I played hard and I put it all out there. Um, favorite single team to play on, not franchise, year and team? 2002 slash three Charlottesville Bar Barnstormers AAU baseball Ooh. team. It was the first, and the, what my why is it was, it was the first cross pollination of other schools and friends and people I'm still friends with today. Mickey White, um, I play a lot of golf with, even through the pandemic. He's somebody that I got to know through the Barnstormers, and yeah, it was a great time. I met new kids. It was our first year on the big field. That was a fucking like wake-up call for me i remember missing the first 10 swings i took and i was like i haven't missed 10 swings my entire career mm. different different mound size yeah Chris. you got you do you can't you can't forget that kyle different mound size that. i'll go 2012 st louis rams that was my favorite team and people are going to be like what like what do you mean you were on two super bowl teams i'm not trying to give you the interesting answer it just like and I loved those Super Bowl teams. Like, you know, 
gosh, I identify as an Eagle. So, um, you know, as, as a Philadelphia Eagle, not a LA Ram. Um, but the St. Louis team I was on in 2012 was pretty special. You know, I got a picture in my office of all those guys and, uh, Aaron Donald got there. Great picture. Yeah. Aaron Donald got there a year and a half, two years later, but it was like guys like William Hayes, uh, Michael Brockers, Robert Quinn, um, the whole nine yards, Kendall Langford. And we were just like, we had, uh, Greg Williams was on suspension that year. So, <clears throat> so his son Blake was our, our DC, but we were really, we were really nasty. We were, we were physical and we had fun, man. That group just was tight. Like that was the best part. We were just so close off the field and we still have a group text that literally William was texting this morning. Just nobody, nobody answering Will's text, but William was texting <laughs> this morning. Uh, so I love those guys, man. That, that year was really special. Kendall Langford. I'd, I'd say 83, 84, 85 in that window. For similar reasons, you know, we had uh, Greg Townsend, Lyle Alzado, Bill Piquel. You know, it's a lot of numbers there. Uh, great players. That group kind of ran ran the team um, like your group did. Best single play you've ever seen in person uh, on a football field. You, you had to be in the game. The best play I've ever seen, period, was the James Harrison pick six in the Super Bowl. Well, that's yeah. I, I'm yeah. That's the one I I wrote that. Oh, down. you had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, but that, in, and in person, people though, are, I mean, people you, are making. I mean, he ran through. Not only did he return it, what ninety six yards or whatever it was, ninety six yards, but through a gauntlet of people. And I think Larry Fitzgerald ran out of bounds, threw a crowd of people, came back in, yeah. and tried to tackle him at the end. It it was maybe the greatest defensive player ever. Yes. Considering um, mistakes and everything. You know the Bo Jackson run? Yeah. Uh, up in Seattle. Uh, watching that. That was certainly great. I uh, saw Marcus do so many great things. Uh, Marcus was uh, a highlight film. He really was. I'll give you anytime one. Ran, anytime Randy Moss run, just ran away from anybody, like just... Yeah, Randy Moss was the man, dude. Randy. His gate, his gate, so to speak, was so like, big. <laughs> I saw a reverse once at the Coliseum going away from the tunnel. Defense was going away from the tunnel. The offense was coming back towards the tunnel. They had the ball on maybe the 40-yard line, 35-yard line. It was right before the half. It was, I believe, a preseason game, and it was a reverse to Willie Galt. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, I've never seen anything move that fast in my life. Right. And then a fight broke out and it was Lyle and Jimbo covert. Yeah. And everyone ah. else had, everyone else had run down to the other end of the field. Jimbo's cool. Jimbo's totally cool. And, and you know, Lyle's Lyle was a bit crazy and ironically enough, they were both left-handed. <laughs> so you've got the rare matchup. Of yeah, one's, one's, <laughs> and they're both throwing and the haymakers are coming slower and slower and slower because no one's down there to break it up. Oh, and that was so when that was when Ditka and Earl, my defensive line coach who played together in Chicago with Doug Atkins, mm -hmm. uh, they got into it walking up to the tunnel. They put and hands on Earl, each other? 
Oh, no, Earl said, you know, because Earl could barely walk. I said, Earl, you can barely walk. He said, yeah, but I could put a good motherfucking on him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you Ahmad Brooks jumping over an entire Virginia Tech line. This was, and some people who listen, well, most people probably never saw that game unless you're a Virginia fan, but this was like, oh, oh, legendary. My my freshman year in Blacksburg, I'm on the sidelines. I I was a nickel guy at that point. and Ahmad Brooks, who was one of the best athletes I've ever played with, late in the game. What could have been? Yeah. What could have been? Yeah. I mean, and still had a really good career. I mean, if you think about those 49er teams, uh, yeah. there was a lot of talent there. And he was he was a guy who would beat the shit out of tight ends and that sort of thing. But, like, ended up I a supplemental draft pick. He could have had – he could have been picked in the top five easily, yep. to Dad's point. I mean, it's just like – I was at his workout. Yeah. I mean, this guy – timed up in four-minute mode. He jumped over the O-line and landed on the quarterback's back as he's taking the hand, as he's giving the handoff and blows the yeah. play up in the backfield. Just decides yeah. to do it on a whim. This guy was the most unbelievable athlete I've ever seen. Also, I got to see the Philly special. That was cool. And then Robert Quinn, Kyle, when he sacked, uh, I guess, Josh McCown <clears throat> uh, against y'all. And first off, he's running sideways on the side of his foot because only he can do that. He's absolutely eight inches off the ground, left shoulder, dipped down, like running on the side of his foot, chop club. Then he stands straight up at a full sprint like he always does and takes the ball off Josh McCown and does it without falling on the ground and just runs into the end zone 55 yards with it. I've never seen anything like it. And I would see Robert Quinn make, make plays like that. Like he got a sack against the, the Saints where he crawled he got knocked down and crawled like a wild animal, was crawling on the ground, jumped up in the air, and, and sacked Drew Brees. He was one of the most un- unbelievable athletes I've ever seen. Um, Dad, if you could interview one famous – well, I the, the submission was famous person, but I know you, so I'm going to go football player. Anytime, sit down like you do on on Fox, who would it be? Maybe Dick Buckus. Maybe Jack Lambert. I don't know how good of an interview – Jack would be, but playing in the Pro Bowl with Jack, he was, Jack was exactly how I thought Jack would be. You know, he had a Pittsburgh Pirates hat on that he should have thrown away 10 years before Mm -hmm. then. Smoking a cigarette with the ash, like that long, it should have been flicked long before then. He's taping his own wrists. And he was just, uh, you know, he was as, as unfriendly off the field as he was on the field. Very smart guy from what I gather. The cigarette but, uh, thing, the cigarette thing, that was big in the 80s. Yeah, that was, when I first walked in the locker room from Villanova, it was everyone smoking Salem lights and playing cards in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's different. Yeah. Degenerates. Degenerates. <laughs> Kyle, you're a, a media member now. Who would you interview? So doesn't have to be athlete, dead or alive. Yeah, dead or alive. Perhaps uh, what's the guy N- Nikola Tesla? Oh yeah, yeah. They did a movie about him, I think. Well, yeah, the the, the one the Hugh, Jack- the Hugh Jackman movie is amazing. Well, they didn't fucking interview him, did they? No, they Chris? didn't. They didn't. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> Dad and Kyle too. You're you're welcome to jump in on this one, but best random celebrity encounter. I know I've heard you tell stories about people. We just talked about somebody the other night. 
Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Steven Stills? Well, yeah, the Steven Stills story is great. And Kyle, with Kutcher being a Bears fan, he's... The Night of the Double Doink. Night of the Double Doink. Real quick, because I want to get to the Stephen Stills thing. But this is amazing. Ashton Kutcher was in the worst fucking mood after the Double Doink game. Like you was in a worse mood than me. You would have thought Ashton Kutcher lost the game. And I respect it. Because he was not like... You know how like you meet some celebrities and they got all the gear on and they're down in the tunnel and they're laughing laughing after a loss. And you're like, this celebrity's not really about it. Man, when I met Ashton Kutcher, I could tell he was having a bad night. Like, I really respected his fandom after that night. I mean, he's been around during regular season games on the sidelines, too, and he's dope as hell. And he, he's always got his wife with him, Mila Kunis, and she seems to be cool as well. Uh, he is a Bears fan. But, yeah, I saw him after that game, and he looked to be in such a bad way emotionally that I didn't even approach him and say hello, and <laughs> I regret that. I, I had a dip in. I remember I was going to be like, do you need a dip? Because I've seen, like, memes before of yeah. him, like, lips yeah so i was gonna be like do you need a dip to get over this but i didn't have the balls to do it well i think if he would have snapped back at you like he had a bad night i think you would have had probable cause to throw him through the uh uprights not before he hit the side of the goal post and then the bottom twice twice um <clears throat> hey <laughs> but he was cool as shit even though he was mad uh dad steven stills this is cool so 1982, uh, mom and I are 22 years old and, uh, Lyle has just come on the team and, uh, 82, 83 Lyle's just come on the team and he had a place in the tree section in Manhattan beach. And we would go over to their house after a game on a Sunday night. And, you know, he might have, it's an eclectic group, you know, eight or nine people, some most people not from the football world, uh, but I didn't know who most of them were. And you got to remember, this is like pre MTV and, you know, all the access you have now to know who people are. And he had a, uh, in the living room, which was dimly lit. Uh, he had a piano and there was this guy over there kind of banging away at the keys a little bit. And he started playing 49, bye-byes 49 reasons uh 49 bye-byes and and i said that's a great song he said thank you and i had no idea it was steven steven stills <laughs> he ends you. up being steven stills and then he would get into the thank stadium. You, I wrote it. he would get into the stadium as because you know most folks didn't know what he looked like lyle would get him a pass as a reporter so he'd have a he'd have a pencil in his ear you know, outside the locker room at the end of the day. Just and, put you know, a pencil you, in your ear. Yeah, just put a pencil in your ear. That's a, a great disguise. You're a reporter. Uh, yeah. Or and and we we saw him in Charlottesville probably about 10 years ago, and I think we took Tom back there. Oh, wow. Uh, which was an interesting experience. That's we'll so cool, man. That that he's yeah. just playing a piano in the corner of somebody's house. That's somebody yeah. Else. Is out of a movie. How about the time when we met uh, your hero, Charlton Heston, and I told him he was great in Spartacus because I was like eight. And, uh, <laughs> and you got so... I could see the life just leave your face. <laughs> Kyle, you might not get the joke. Well, Dad, tell, tell him why that's embarrassing. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas was in Spartacus. He was Spartacus. Yeah, I was um, just trying to, you know, play ball. Dad, you were obviously starstruck, yeah, so I was just trying to play ball. Charlton Char <laughs> was. Wingman. Charlton Heston was Ben-Hur. 
you know, and a number of other great movies. Uh, and he was kind enough to moment. come to the debut. Didn't ruin the moment at all. Oh, but it was so funny. Uh, I can remember even as a kid being like, damn, I really fucked that up, huh? Yeah, that was, that's not the movie he was in. Dad, did it go good meeting your hero and all that? Hope people people mix up Spartacus and Ben Hur all the time. No doubt about it. <laughs> movie that makes you tear up. Well, Simon Birch. Simon Birch. Oh. Simon Birch is a motherfucker. Simon Birch is just oh. Oh. because you know why? Because he was just the best mom and the the most incredible person. Yeah. Uh, I would say ones oh, God, no. that I like other one like, uh, um, let's see. Uh, I, I, I like family man. Uh, I like that one a lot. Like, uh, um, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. You love, but do you cry during it's a wonderful life? You know, I, I get teary out a little bit yeah. towards, yeah, Family Man is a, is a good one. I think it, it makes you kind of appreciate what you have. Forrest Gump. Yeah, that was Yeah, good. Forrest Gump's cool. Sixth Man, dude. There's a real tearjerker when, uh, when his brother just walked into the wall and became a ghost basketball player. That one. Hardball, G baby, sixth man. You gotta check that one. Trump Heston in that one? No, uh, the Wayne, the Wayne's brothers are in that one. Also, <laughs> oh, you know, I could see how you could get you know the Wayne's brothers and Charlton Heston confused. Hey, Interstellar, sure. I I can't, dude. Yes, yes, yes. We're the like same age now. You're older. Oh, than I'm younger. I can't. Than I can't. Real quick football question for you, Dad, and then we'll get you guys out of here so everybody can go enjoy their Thanksgiving week. Uh, well, I got three that were worthwhile that we can hit. Did Brady go to the wrong team? That's what somebody asked. I thought initially that he chose wisely. Would I, you know, I always wondered what would the offense look like because he'd run that same offense up in New England, you know, with the routes that Gronk's used to running with Edelman with, you know, fill in the blank, whatever, whichever player, whether it's white or out of the backfield they had it down pat and, and Bruce's offense is a vertical, take the ball down the field offense. I think what they lack down there is, and, and if, I'm not sure that he would admit this, but uh, the accountability, the preparation, the, you know, the kind of situational excellence that is defined new England and, and those runs and those super bowls that, he played at because they just don't seem to be week to week. This performance we just saw versus the Rams, it was, eh. uh, yeah, and you had the you Giants game, then you had them blow out yeah. the Raiders, you have them get blown out by the Saints like week yeah. to week. It's just hard. And you I don't imagine, know. Yeah, I can imagine for him because the one thing you knew that was New England was a favorite his entire time there in every yeah. football game. So that, that, that is to say that. You might not win every game, but you're going to be in every game. You know, the Patriots yep. just didn't get blown out a lot, and they did towards the end uh, against the Ravens and in a couple situations. There were a couple primetime stinkers that we talked about in the past couple weeks, and that's a lot of the reason why I wouldn't count the Bucks out because if you remember, you know, getting their ass kicked in Kansas City on Monday night, it feels like, you know, that's burned into my memory. There was always a random Thursday night against the, the Bucks or the Dolphins but the, the ups and downs, like usually they got over that hump and then they just played well. 
And then to your point, Dad, no dump downs. I mean, like you saw how many balls Fournette dropped the other day. Ronald Jones, yeah. as much as I like him, he's dropped balls out of the backfield. And trust yeah. is so big with Tom. So like, where are where you, are you supposed be? to be? And if you're a back and you're and you're running a wheel route or you're just even a swing pass, it looks like maybe. And Tom might be missing on some of these, but if you're not in the exact right place, it's going to piss Tom off. And it's a it's a lot of different people, uh, and you've got a room at wide receiver where a lot of people need to be fed. And yeah. there's could there be issues there down the road? You know, listen, they could get it together, get hot. That team is physically Stat. as capable as anyone is, is beating to beat anybody. Kyle, did you ever think for a second that he might end up in Chicago? Because that was part yeah. of the whole. I thought, uh, you know, I thought San Francisco. I thought Chicago could all be options. But who I was knows? really hoping the San Fran thing happened because I wrote an article and that was going to make me rich and famous. When I predicted. I talked about it on the NFL Network in February. Yeah, well, Kyle, I talked about it uh, in my article in summer of 2019, player. Well, you also thought, have a larger I brand. I thought than about me. it. I thought Kyle about thought it. About, Dad thought about it in 2016. Yeah. Dad, we'll taste some hill work long term in New Orleans. I think we're going to find out over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, the interesting thing to me was, and you don't think about it in, in these terms, Taysom Hill after the game said, you know, it, it was, it was strange. It was, uh, you know, I'm not going out of the game. I'm the quarterback. And I think, you know, he's such an emotional player from play to play. Yeah. I think he had to dial that back and he had to calm down a bit. And cause I'm running the offense. I'm the quarterback down in, down out. That's interesting. No one, no one's coming in for me. Uh, I thought he had some great throws. A lot of people are making, uh, you know, too much, I think out of the, the duck ball that he threw, uh, beyond that, I thought he played really well. And, and that added dimension of him being able to pull the ball down, just gives defenses fits, particularly if you're going to play man. If you're going to play man. You're 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 in trouble when he pulls the ball down because he is big, yoked, fast, and runs angry. Yeah, I just wonder how long it's going to last. Where that's sustainable, where you can because it's the Falcons. He defense. reminds me of John Fox's Tim Tebow's offense. Yes, except for he can throw better than Tim Tebow. They have the same kind of charisma, the same kind of physique, the same preparation. He's a better athlete. He's a better. Yeah, athlete, but he's yeah. a beast. He's a, he's yeah. definitely a better athlete. He might be one of the yeah. fastest guys on the field at all times. Um, yeah. but. He threw for over 200 yards, which shocked me. And he did throw a punt, too, which I've never that, seen. That was quite the – I know Dad said people are making a big deal about it. I, I just – he's limited. So, you know, it's one of those things. Like, we're going through – Guy right, threw a punt. I mean, we're, we're, it's one of those things. Like, when they get down two touchdowns, what happens? You know, like – and I think, you know, the defense is playing better. They're they're peaking at the right time. You get Quan Alexander. You've allowed 25 <laughs> points in three weeks, I think it is. They're playing quietly, very impressive football, and Sean Payton again proving he's he's a fucking wizard. You know, you go. They're hey, they're six and zero without in the last two years. He's a wizard without Drew, without Drew, which is why. Uh, now that says that says a lot about the head coach. Says a lot about Sean. Payton. A lot about Teddy Bridgewater. It says a lot about Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think it says the most about Sean Payton. I'm not, I just, I'm on the record. You know, I don't want people to be like, you were just talking about, I don't think Taysom Hill's a long term answer. Your pops is complimentary. I still don't think he's a long term answer. He's a good football player. 
He's a good football player. And depends on what long term is, Chris. Well, I'm talking about. Are next, you talking about through this season? Or are you talking, talking about, about next, next year? year? I'm talking about next no, year. No, he's not a long term answer. Yeah. They're going to know the answer to that question in the next three, four weeks. Yes, and maybe that's the point of this exercise. But when, yeah. which is a little confusing because, well, maybe that's what what Sean's thinking is. Listen, I could go with Jameis, who is a wild card, or I can go with the guy I know. And maybe we're marginally better with Jameis over the next month, depending on, you know, no matter what the situation we find ourselves in, two minute, down two scores, third and extremely long. Like, we'll live with the drop off in order Sean to find do out turnovers. what we have. Yeah. And, or, yeah. And, and that's the thing with Jameis, honestly, he was throwing a lot of bad balls short and intermediate. Like, his deep balls were not as self destructive as people, I think thought last year when you look at the numbers a lot of the underneath stuff which is what you need to survive in that offense right so if you're Jameis and you're turnover prone and you're turnover prone short like that's like Mike Thomas is running curls you know what I mean and 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 crossers so that so that to me is like it's interesting to me though that Sean Payton is willing to if he believes that you know maybe we're marginally better with Jameis we'll survive this month to find out about the future and I think but you know what? He could all he could also be thinking, look, how long's Drew been there? 15 years? Drew's been they've been running that same offense for 15 years yeah. with variations, but the same offense. He's watched as and and we all know how gifted Sean Payton is. Uh is he a gambler? Yeah, he opened the second half of the Super Bowl up with an onside kick. Yeah. I mean, he's a gambler. I think he's looked at some of these other offenses and some of these young kind of quote unquote gurus and said, wait a second, if I've got a guy like this, I can show just how creative I am and that I can win in a totally different way. Yeah. It's kind of like a middle finger to everybody. And yeah. we'll see. That's why he retweeted Roddy white. I love that. I like, he's just, he's in the mix. Hey dad, last thing. How does Aaron Donald stack up against Reggie white? That was a question that was asked. Uh, apples and oranges. Yeah. Uh, they're two totally different players, yeah. both from a size standpoint and from a positional standpoint. Uh, Aaron is, I think, double teamed on 70% of the snaps. Uh, and he's triple teamed another 8%. Um, you know, it's just kind of the, the way it is right now. He could be as good a football player as we have in the league right now, but because you have the luxury of being able to double and triple team him. Otherwise his numbers would be astronomical. Yeah. Uh, Reggie's a totally different animal. Uh, Reggie was, I'm coming. This is what I'm doing. Stop it. Right. Uh, there was no, you know, there's no, Hey, look over here. I'm going to do this. Then yeah. I'm going to punch you. There's no, there, uh, I'm not, I'm not comping him and Fletcher Cox, but it's the same vibe. Yeah. It's, it's the, yes. it's my yes. style of play is I'm going to hit you with this baseball bat. Yes. yes. Like, and that's exactly what I'm doing where Aaron is going to hit you with the baseball bat, but he's also going to hit you with the nunchucks and with, you know, yep. uh, the other, uh, foreign objects. Like he's got a bunch of tools in the toolbox. Now, what happens to him? What happens to him? And I and I, I see it watching the game. Is he's frustrated? Yeah. Uh, because he knows he's not getting the one on one. Aaron, yeah, uh, that's like double, a double, double, price double, 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 double. That's a terrible yeah. price to pay for being great. Is that you'll never yep. feel what just like re- 
getting blocked like before you got in the league was like, you know, just just a, a yep. day where you don't show up to work and they haven't game planned everything. One week where they don't have a thirty minute meeting dedicated entirely to stopping you. Yep. Reggie, the nicest is Reggie, the nicest, great all time, great. You you you've met her. Oh, he's Reggie was. <clears throat> Reggie was a super nice, kind, genuine person. Yeah, uh, really was. Uh, him and Bruce were kind of, you know, Bruce was a different kind of guy. Bruce was as creative and pretty a pass rusher as you could imagine. And he had that kind of Robert Quinn, you know, dip down on the side of his body Mm -hmm. uh, coming around the corner Uh, was could play in and out and, and do whatever he wanted to do. He was on a different level. This, I have to ask this one player that you could give a Super Bowl ring to, because we're talking about the bills. If you could give one player in football history a Super Bowl ring, who would it be? You can't say Kyle because he's on the call. I would say, you know, given the, that those parameters, I would say, you know, Bruce would be at, you know, somewhere at the top of that list. There's a lot of players who've never won, who are players that have defined our league, and you know, and that's why our game is so tough because it's a 53 man roster and you know you've 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 got to have it's not enough to have the one person can we get frank gore a ring yeah that's another guy that's a that's a great example frank gore has given all that and a lot more to this league and it'd be nice to see him get with a team that has a shot to win Guys, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I know we're all separate for Thanksgiving, but I am thankful for you dudes. Uh, not just yeah, likewise. Tre- tremendous podcast guests, but uh, awesome guys. And uh, love you guys. Love y'all. And good to see you guys. Love you. Good seeing you, buddy. Uh, we'll talk later in the week. Peace. Happy right. Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay safe. Happy turducken. Yeah, turducken. <laughs>